0: You guys hear me? Sorry, hold on. 32 super fans. I, I couldn't understand a word that was said. Every angle of the NFL covered. You fired up for that, man?
1: Huh? This. we don't go time. We, we still on go. Hold oh, on,
0: hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane. This is Next Fan Up. We're live, bro.
1: Hello and welcome to Week. Sixteen, yeah, week sixteen of the next fan of podcast. I am James, the Eagles fan here. Joined this week by our Giants fan, Jared. Jared, how are you doing? Uh,
0: I'm doing good. I am excited for some draft uh, in April. That's about all I can be excited for. So let's go April.
1: Yeah, before we get to
0: April, we've got about three
1: weeks of football left, and uh, oh, jeez, that a- much playoff. So? This thing called the Super Bowl. Oh, God. <laughs> That's
0: a lot of football left. Yeah,
1: tons of football left. And, um, you know, we're we're recording this the day after week 15 ended, for those who uh, are unaware, just pull back the curtain here a little bit. Now, what did you think about week 15? Turns out for the NFL, the, the rules really didn't, you know, matter when Green was on the line, if you know what I mean.
0: Oh yeah, there is like refing's been atrocious all year and it was last year too. And then this year it's just even worse. But like it's it was so glaring in like the Rams game, for instance, and some other ones, but it just seems like the Rams kind of get away with any kind of PI they want to. They can just lay out a wide receiver and totally fine. No no flag.
1: <laughs> nah, the, the the DBs for the uh Rams haven't met a wide receiver they didn't like to lead into with the helmet with the ball five yards away. Uh Something else that happened this past week. We had games on Tuesday night, uh, and a Saturday game moved to Monday. You know Very weird. And, and this is yeah, w- weird understatement. Last year we could understand, but considering how things are gonna play this year, you know, the league put out the little mandate at the beginning of the season, which didn't matter, you know, until it did, and then it didn't. That, you know, teams are supposed to forfeit games. So in the case of Washington, the Rams and, and the Browns they were all supposed to forfeit games at their designated play time, but players association claiming that they didn't want to, you know, cost these teams paychecks, you know, for the teams who did nothing wrong, the Eagles, the Raiders, and, and uh, the Seahawks. Yeah, that's, the,
0: that's the, that's the reason why.
1: Yeah. That, that, that's the reason that the NFLPA is putting out there. But um, I mean, do we, do we really buy this? I mean, we're, were the rules in the beginning of the season more so just a guideline to, like, hey, we don't want to have to move games. Please don't make us do that. But we'll move them in unless we have to. That's If they had said that from the onset, may, maybe I would have been okay with my squad playing last night. But I'm happy we got the W. You know, Washington took the L. But it, it, it just – look, I, I, I know it's a, it, it, the only thing that matters is how much money is made at the end of the day. but I really wish they had the foresight to see that themselves when they put these so-called rules and mandates in place. So the team's going to have – you know, just put it out there. If a team has more than 20 players on the COVID list, we're going to move this game so that we save our bottom line. We we need that revenue. We need that ticket sales. Both te- You know, th- even throwing a little nonsense about both teams' players need to get paid because the league really doesn't care oh, about yeah. that. They just want to make no, their no, money.
0: No. Yep. So
1: uh, – But, again, three weeks left in the season. Hopefully no more of the games get rescheduled. But uh, with the Omicron variant going around, uh, rules are going to be tighter for those who are unvaccinated. Maybe this sways some things in the league favor. favor. Maybe more players get the vaccine. I highly doubt it at this point. Those who haven't gotten it now probably never going to get it. So whatever the league is trying to do to try to boost the vaccination rate amongst us players, I don't see it happening. Um, we already have cases right now where the Bills are not allowing anyone in who's not vaccinated to their stadium for any reason whatsoever. Uh, Dallas has already told the friends and family of their football team to stay away when they travel and probably even skip the game on Sunday night. So... uh We're in strange times, and they're not going to go back to the way they were. We can only push forward and adapt to a new future at this point. So with that said, Jared, let's kick off with Thursday night football here. We have the San Francisco 49ers visiting the Tennessee Titans. Uh, The Niners hold steady at 14 in our power rankings. The Titans fall from six to nine, and the 49ers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. You, I, the power rankings are taking the Titans. Our shadowy background uh, figure is
0: taking the Niners. H- how do you see this one playing out? Well, the thing about Tennessee is their O-line has been decimated through injury. Wide receivers are decimated through injury. Uh, my workhorse in our Dynasty League, Derrick Henry, decimated through injury. And the, the Titans just... They have a lot of trouble moving the ball. They have a lot of turnovers on offense. Um, But I also think the Niners are not a great team. I think that there's, like, the Niners play kind of like the Seahawks, where, like, each game is totally different and nothing else matters except for that game. Like, it just, they could, like, they give up 40 points to Detroit or whatever it was in, like, one quarter, or they can, like, shut out a really good team. So it's a really hard game to pick. I think that, uh, I think it's going to be within about a field goal, which is, very close to the spread. Uh, But I think Tennessee does get it done because I think San Francisco will actually make more mistakes than Tennessee. And I think Tennessee does have the better quarterback, even though the protection's worse.
1: Yeah. And I think the other issue for Tennessee this week, they've got a couple of offensive linemen who landed themselves on the COVID list and uh, more today. So I don't know if they have the, the protection in place To uh, keep Tannehill upright, as of right now, uh, they have Roger Saffold and Taylor Lewan both listed as out for tomorrow night's game. Uh, Lewan with the back injury, Saffold with the shoulder and uh, undisclosed, but Saffold is also on the COVID list. They tried to get A.J. Brown back, but there's no guarantee that he's available for tomorrow night. Same thing with cornerback uh, Chris Jackson. They don't know if they're going to have him as he's coming back. Um, Elijah Mode in their other corner, uh, he found himself on the COVID list. So I I, I really want to believe that the Titans can win this game. Uh, you know, they can still run the ball. Of course, it's probably not as effective as if Henry were present, but they're still getting some productivity out of the run game. And and the Niners pretty much just play it safe. They just – they pound the rock because, obviously, as I've said, since they acquired him, Jimmy Garoppolo is not the drop-back quarterback they thought he was. Um, He can play within the scheme of the offense, but they can't put everything on his shoulders. And they have to grind this game to a halt to keep it close, hence why they're three-point favorites with everything else going on in Tennessee. And, you know, play action is their saving grace because the only time he really looks good – unless that gets blown up um, for the 49ers. They have Drake Greenlaw, Elijah Mitchell on the injury report, both listed as out currently groin and knee respectively. Uh, Aziz Shahir, their linebacker has an elbow injury and he's listed as questionable. Uh, Trey Sermon has been designated to return from injury reserve, but I doubt he'll be able to go if he can. Great. It was an ankle injury that landed him there. He may be able to go. So, uh, Yeah, this has huge ramifications in in the playoff chase for both teams as neither have clinched a spot yet. Niners currently hold the sixth spot in the NFC as far as the wild card. The Titans, I believe, are the three seed in the AFC, currently leading their division only by game. Uh, They need a win and help to clinch their division, and part of that help (laughs) – Res, resides on the Colts losing, of course, somewhere later on down the line. And speaking of one of the two Saturday games, we're going to uh, move on to Saturday here. The Cleveland Browns and the Green Bay Packers uh get your Christmas day started. The Browns fall from 15 to 19. The Packers move up from 2 to 1. They are seven and a half point favorites. It looks like everyone here is riding with the Packers. And uh, This is just a case of the Packers reestablishing their identity, getting back to basics. Uh, They're healthy. The Browns, we don't know who's coming back from the COVID list. We saw on Monday that pretty much, what, seven key players in their offense were unavailable due to being on the COVID list. As of this point, they still have uh, Kareem Hunt is still on the list uh Tack McKinley who they've lost for the year uh Jadavian Clowney is still on the list, Mac Wilson is still on the list. Uh Ronnie Harrison <laughs> is still on this list. Uh Jarvis Landry still shows up on the list as well along with Case Keenum and Baker Mayfield. Uh neither neither of them have been removed from the COVID list. Uh we do probably expect them to come off the list but Jared, if they still remain – if all these players still remain on the COVID list up until game time on Saturday, I mean, do they actually still put the same fight they did against the Raiders, or do the Browns – I mean, the Packers actually do them a favor and put them out of the misery?
0: Oh, I think the – the, I mean, the Packers have been inoculated against uh, losing, so I think the Packers are uh, going to take this one down pretty handily. And even with – even if Mayfield was healthy – or not healthy, but even if he would pass COVID test. He's not healthy. He's got multiple injuries to his upper body. And and you can see him out there. He's just not the same quarterback. Um, He's he's playing like crap for, to be honest. And uh, I think the best thing for the Browns is that he's shut down for the rest of the um, regular season. And you just try to ride Nick Mullins and hope that's sufficient. Um, I think that you ride Nick Mullins, you ride that running game. Hopefully one of the running backs is, healthy enough to run. Um that's your best shot, but I think the Packers are going to put up like 35 on this and the Cleveland Browns are going to maybe put up 20 if they're lucky. So I just don't see I just don't see a world in which the Packers don't win unless of course uh, Aaron Rodgers goes down with COVID. Um Karen, if he Karen remember sorry, we've we've named Karen,
1: we've named Karen Rodgers.
0: <laughs> if Karen gets uh COVID cuz I mean he's unvaccinated, so that means he'll automatically be out um and he can't test back in. So if he catches COVID between now and the, that game, then he's out and the Packers probably do, in, in fact, lose that game.
1: So that's the only way the Packers lose this game.
0: Yes. Uh, the, Browns, the Browns also have David
1: Njoku, Denzel Ward, uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, that's a knee undisclosed injury and growing respectively. Uh, the other thing I saw the issue with, you know, the Browns is that their offensive line is just in. Flux, even when you know COVID notwithstanding they just can't keep the same five guys week in and week out.
0: Yeah and it's a shame too because a couple of their players are kind of like all pro uh, caliber players like Teller and some others so
1: definitely Uh, for the Packers Mark Marquez Valdez-Scantling finds himself on the COVID list as of uh, this recording. David Bakhtiari is doubtful. Uh, Aaron Jones was limited in practice with a knee injury. Karen Rodgers. was Course still has the toe, so he doesn't practice until game day. Uh, Equ- Equimania St. Brown is in the concussion protocol, and Malik Turner, the other wide receiver, is questionable. Jair Alexander, um, they anticipate him as he's been de- uh, activated from the uh, IR list. They expect him for Saturday, not 100% as of yet. darius Smith is not expected to uh, be ready for this Saturday's game. The nightcap. On Saturday, the Indianapolis Colts and the Arizona Cardinals, the Cardinals are just falling in our power rankings. Uh, they currently um, are, reside at number four, previously been at number three. The Colts move up from 10 to eight. And I didn't want to do it, Jared. And I see you did it. Um, you did what I did. I really wanted to go and pick the Cardinals in this game. But the way they've been playing lately doesn't doesn't give me any hope i i'm i'm guessing that maybe they're at home maybe this helps fix things maybe they can you know do the basics and turn the ship around and stop falling like a stone because going into the week they were still the one seed and now they're the four in the nfc like what can, can they turn things around against the Colts or are the Colts just pretty much streaking at the right time and, and this is going to be the toughest game they've played all year?
0: Well, I think that the the main thing that's ailing the Cardinals is their quarterback play. Uh, Kyler Murray has not played well recently. Um, he hasn't played well really since Hopkins um, was out for the season. I think that's a big glaring thing because a lot of times Kyler Murray would scramble around and be like, "Well, oh, sh- uh, shoot, uh... Hopkins up there somewhere and he just chuck it downfield and Hopkins would go up against like 12 defenders and make a catch. Um And they don't have that anymore. Um I think that shows cause he can't do that anymore. He can still run around, but he doesn't have a wide receiver. He can throw a deep ball to and know that that receiver can actually beat anyone around him to get that ball. Um And meanwhile, the Colts have players like Darius Leonard who should be in the conversation for defensive players of the year who somehow isn't, but he has over a hundred tackles, Six forced fumbles and multiple interceptions. Like, that's insane play out of a linebacker. And he's obviously one of the best in the league. And and I think he's going to feast against Kyler Murray, honestly.
1: Yeah, and and that coach's defense gives me pause, you know, because despite everything going on with the offense, and, and, and look, they have arguably probably the league's MVP that's not a quarterback on their offense right now. And Jonathan Taylor, leading the league in rushing, scrimmage yards, I believe touchdowns as well. Uh, This guy is a straight-up monster. Uh, They can rely on him, get safe, precision passes from Carson Wentz and not really put it on his shoulders. Look, to his credit, Carson Wentz is playing very good football this season. He's not turning the ball over a lot. He's still taking far too many sacks um, in straight drop-back passes. He's not making as many critical mistakes as he was, say, earlier this season for like the first five to eight weeks. But the last six, they they pretty much just turned it around. Um, they've taken a lot off him. Again, it's on the offensive line in the running game. The defense is playing very complimentary. Um, what they did to the Patriots last Saturday is, Pretty much a microcosm of how they've been playing as of late, and I think if they keep doing that, they can beat just about anybody in this league, regardless of record. And, and to your point, yeah, Calum Murray doesn't have that wide receiver, but I'm looking at the Cardinals injury report. The one name I don't see here, who we haven't really seen that much this season, Christian Kirk. You know, this is a guy they drafted to pretty much be the the wide receiver of the future for this franchise, and he's kind of disappeared in play. And I get it. D-Hop was out there. He commands a lot of attention. He's going to find a way to get open. Like you said, you can chuck it up. He's going to beat it or downfield. Before they got D-Hop, Kyler did this his rookie season with, with Christian Kirk. And, and we're not seeing that anymore. I get it. The offense has changed. His role is different. But I, I feel like these two need to find a way to get on the same page because he's not going to find it with green for whatever reason green has not fit in the way they hoped he would in his offense and a lot of passes that have gone towards green recently have been picked off because green is not expecting the ball or he's not cutting his route like he should you know as far as picking up the the hot that murray's seeing case in point that lions game last week murray read you know read a blitz he wanted to throw the green hot and green was still running a go route not even looking for the ball and you know, pick six later, that game just got out of control. Um, He does have Zach Ertz, who I get it, they're still trying to work into the offense, but Ertz can be um, that primary go-to target if, you know, the offensive brain trust over there recognize that Ertz can be the big weapon without Hopkins there, especially if it's not going to be Christian Kirk at this point. So... I mean, they still got Rondell Moore, who, you know, granted he's nursing an ankle ankle injury, and they can rely on this run game, which I feel is something they've gotten away from over the last couple of weeks. So I feel like this is a toss-up, but recent play, I- I'm going to reluctantly choose the Colts in this one over Arizona. Um, Arizona's injury report does have Rondell Moore, like I said, with the injury, Zach Ertz with the hamstring, James Conner with the heel injury. Uh Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker, Max Garcia, the guard, and Marcus Golden, their linebacker, also show up as questionable. Jordan Phillips, the defensive end, uh, has a knee injury that he is still nursing. The Colts, uh, Quentin Nelson is on the injury report as questionable. Kamoku Torre, the defensive end, and Rocky Sin, uh, the corner, they're both been placed on the COVID list, and as of this recording are out, Ryan Kelly is listed as questionable. of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com. Fast forwarding here to Sunday's game starting at 1 o'clock on Fox. We have the Baltimore Ravens visiting the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, Ravens hold steady at 12 in our power rankings. The Bengals hold at 13. The Bengals are two and a half point favorites, and the last time these two teams met, the Cincinnati Bengals bloodied Baltimore's mouth in Baltimore. It was ugly in every way, shape, and form possible. Whenever you thought the Ravens were going to climb back into it, they couldn't. Jared, you're taking this re- rematch because this entire division in the AFC North, I don't I don't know if you've been paying attention, is separated by one game and all four teams have a chance to win it still. <laughs>
0: Yeah, which is crazy, especially when you look at like the Steelers, like they're just not a good team, and they're still in it too. It's kind of similar to that on the NFC side, how the like the Giants and the and Washington were still in it like up to last week. Like, I mean, just there's some bad teams that are technically still alive. Uh,
1: definitely, um, Joe Burrow, Mixon, uh Jamar Chase, you know. J- Chase has slowed down a little bit, but I, I feel like the nucleus of this offense gets stymied at times when they shouldn't. Uh, they're playing at home, probably a comfortable setting. They uh, they did take it. I mean, they, they struggled with a very good Denver squad last week, even after they knocked out Teddy Bridgewater, um, but only put up 15 points on offense. T, I, I, I feel like T Higgins, their number two wide receiver, should should thrive in this game, especially with the coverages sinking to Jamar Chase. They may find him open a lot of times when he probably shouldn't be. Uh, of course, the big thing here is going to be Lamar Jackson, whether he's going to play or not. He still is not practicing with his ankle injury. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. I, I will say Huntley has played quite well in his stead. It's just that the last couple of games, just haven't gone their way. I mean, they ran into the the Green Bay Packers last week, and you're just not going to match touchdown for touchdown if you're having to, you know, play at the tempo that the Packers are playing with. And they found themselves at one point where they had to kick a field goal, and the defense never really helped them in any way, shape, or form. So they, they've got to find a way to kick it up a notch and, and make this game a little bit more competitive than the last outing they had between these two teams.
0: Yeah, Yuck. there's definitely some some roughing issues in that game as well. But uh, Cincinnati's offense is amazing, except for their O-line is pretty trash. And so that's been the Achilles heel of the Bengals, in my opinion, has just been the O-line play. Um, yeah, but I think they do enough, honestly, to beat uh, Huntley because I, I just don't see Lamar playing this game at all.
1: Yeah, and if Lamar doesn't play, I, look, as, as much as I love the way Huntley's been playing, Somebody on that defense has got to take over the game for them to have a legit chance to win. And, yeah, as far as the Bengals, that offensive line, they probably need to scale it back and just run the ball and stop putting everything on Burrow. Look, I get it. He's young. He's capable. He's talented. You want to have him out there slinging a rock 30 times a game, making plays, but you have mixing back there. Use him. Give him 20 carries and balance things out a little bit. Uh, Like you said, the offensive line, not great. Sometimes the best way to help a struggling offensive line is just to run the football. But, you know, this wide open day to the NFL, everybody wants to chuck it. So the uh, Bengals have both tight ends, Drew Sample and Mitchell Wilcox, on the injury report listed as questionable. Defensive tackle and linebacker, uh, DJ Reader, Logan Wilson, listed as questionable. Wilson's is doubtful. Vernon Hargreaves, corners listed as questionable. And Joe Bacci, their linebacker, has been placed on IR with a knee injury. For the Bengals, again, I mean, excuse me, the uh, Ravens already mentioned Lamar Jackson, but Devin DuVernay, ankle injury, also has not practice this week. Nick Boyle is questionable, along with guard Ben Powers and Patrick McCurry. Uh Patrick Richard, the fullback list is questionable, along with Calais Campbell. Parnell, Parnell McPhee and Justin Houston both find themselves on the COVID list going into this game. So keep an eye on 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 those two as well. Going to the weekend, Uh, the next game on the slate here: the LA Rams visit the Minnesota Vikings. The Rams move up from seven to five in the power rankings. The Vikings move up from twenty to seventeen. The Rams are two and a half point favorites. And look, I you know my disdain for Kirk Cousins notwithstanding, I would very much love for the Rams to beat the snot out of them. The only problem I have with picking the Rams is the play of Matt Stafford, and you know while overall it's been solid this season i'm sorry it's, it's not impressing me and, and i don't know about you Jer, but you know three weeks in a row throwing pick sixes um not being on the same page as any wide receiver not named cooper cup not really impressing me this year because if he's throwing the cooper cup everything looks great but when he's trying to throw to other people it's like he doesn't have any idea what they're doing so i don't know if the disconnect is him getting them the ball because they've been in this offense minus odell beckham jr a lot longer than he has so my thing is they know where they're supposed to be does he know where they're
0: supposed to be yeah i think that one of the things that i everyone and i was a big proponent of because i think stafford's one of like the top 10, 10 quarterbacks in the league i think he's a very um excellent quarterback and he has been his whole career he just played for a poverty franchise with the lions and but unfortunately we're seeing kind of like how complicated McVay's system is. There's just something not clicking with Stafford where he's just not fully grasping what's going on. I think Um, I don't know if that's, maybe there's a potential injury or if he, if his vision's just not good, but it just seems like um, he's really hot sometimes, but then he's very cold with those like pick sixes and with some really stupid mistakes. Like you don't typically see him making those. And again, he doesn't even need to make like, he doesn't need to force throws in that system. Like the Rams are, are one of the top scoring offenses in the entire league, and they're gonna. Their defense is not like the best, but it's very good. And honestly, he shouldn't be forcing it. Is basically it. So I mean, I, I go with the Rams here. But Minnesota is another one of those weird teams that they they are somehow in every game, regardless of what the score is in the third quarter. The Minnesota could be up by thirty points, behind by thirty points, but they'll they'll make it up and, and make it. The other team lose by a field goal or they'll lose by a field goal in the last seconds. So it's going to be a fun game, I think. And one of these teams is going to have a heartbreaking loss in the final minute.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Cause like you said, M- Minnesota is an enigma. They win games. You think they have no business winning and then they lose games like they did to Detroit. So there's that. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to constantly bring that up as well as long as Minnesota is vying for a playoff spot. But they lost to the Lions. So, <laughs> you know, and not just any loss. They they gave Detroit their first win of the season. So say what you will about Arizona losing, at least they weren't the first team to do it. Uh, the the Rams still find a number of players probably going to be on a COVID list, you know, between now and Sunday. Jordan Fuller and Tyler Higbee, on the list as of this recording, along with Jamel Denby and Sebastian Joseph Day. Um, Ashawn Robinson, Jameer Jones, and Greg Gaines show up as questionable. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings have Eric Kendricks. Uh, he has a back injury, was limited in practice. CJ Hamm, the fullback, Mason Cole, the center. Uh, Kirk Cousins was limited uh, to walkthroughs due to a rib injury. Adam Thielen has an ankle injury. They're all listed as questionable. Uh, Daniil Hunter uh, was reinstated from the COVID list, so that's good news. They get their defensive end back. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons hosting the Detroit Lions on Sunday. The Lions uh, move up from 29 to 28. The Falcons hold at 24. The Falcons are six-point favorites, and MJ, our Falcons fan, uh, sends us coming off a disappointing loss to the Niners. The Dirty Birds play host to the Detroit Lions the two eleven and one Detroit Lions. The way the season has looked so far for the Dirty Birds is not good. We have not won a single game at home, and I'm not sure that's going to change this week. I just don't know what to expect from the Dirty Birds this week or the rest of the season. You just don't know what version of the team is going to show up. That being said, we better not lose to the two eleven and one Detroit Lions but I won't be surprised if we do. The offense and the defense are both too damn inconsistent. You can't seem to get it together to give the team a chance to win consistently. At this point, the Dirty Birds are playing a game of chicken for the last wild card spot, counting this week against the Lions. There are three games left in the season, and it would take a lot of chips to fall perfectly in order for the Dirty Birds to get that last wild card spot. I'm not giving up hoping us getting that last wild card spot, but it will take a miracle for us to get it. Um, yeah, I, I want to give MJ some hope here, but like you said, his squad is too inconsistent to trust at this point. And I mean, the but, Lions are probably riding high after beating the Arizona Cardinals, formerly number one in the conference.
0: I'm... Yeah, the Falcons are kind of like a worse version of the Vikings. So like that doesn't give me a lot of hope that they are going to – like I think the Falcons <laughs> win this game, but – there's no chance they have to win out and like all the other teams have to lose out and that's just not going to happen. So I think they're pretty much. Eliminated. Yeah. And unfortunately
1: two of those teams that they need to lose out, you know, three of those teams they need to lose out. One is in their own division who they play the saints. Um, the others are the NFC East and that is Philadelphia and Washington. And we both can't lose out because we still play each other again. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Calvin Ridley shows up on the uh, injury report as the team and the franchise still do not have a date as far as when or if he will return this season uh, for them. Uh, uh, again, best wishes to Ridley. I, I hope that, you know, whatever he's going through mentally, he he can resolve to an extent to where he can resume playing football at a level where he's comfortable. Uh, Tyler Davidson, Christian Lindstrom, defensive tackle and guard, respectively, both listed as questionable. Wide receiver, Taji Sharp. Is considered day-to-day with a foot injury. Deion Jones um, is listed as questionable as well. Emmanuel Ellerby, their other linebacker, uh, he has been removed from the COVID list, so they should have him for Sunday. Marlon Davidson uh, is questionable with a non-COVID illness. The Detroit Lions uh, show, let's see here. I don't think they have many players. They have Amani. Ware, the corner, has a thumb injury. Khalif Raymond, the wide receiver, has a shoulder injury. Josh Reynolds, another wide receiver, slowed by a thigh injury. DeAndre Swift nursing a shoulder injury. Uh, Jarrett Goff um, has tested positive for COVID. So unless that gets cleared up, he's currently listed as out, along with Quintes Cephas and tackle Matt Nelson, also been placed on the COVID list. Now, moving on here, we have the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. This is a rematch of a Monday night game that, oh, gosh, to to say that no one saw that coming when they played on Monday night is an understatement. (laughs) And, I mean, you win a game by only throwing the ball, what was it, three times? One.
0: I think it was one time. (laughs) I felt like one time at least.
1: It felt like one time. I believe officially it was three passes, two were completed, and, yeah, they just basically turned around and handed the ball off. This game is in New England. The Bills are 11 in our power rankings, holding steady. The Patriots fall from five to seven. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. Jared, you are the only one here taking the Bills, but Rob and Pat, are fans respectively for the Bills and the Patriots, did send us these and starting with Rob, he says, "Oi, where to begin? Last game, our left side of the offensive line missed the game due to COVID. Now Cole Beasley, the poster child for anti-vax in the NFL, is going to miss the most important game for the Bills this regular season because he now has COVID. Bills do have an adequate replacement in Isaiah McKenzie." But he fumbles a lot. I expect the Pats to give the Bills offense problems, especially if the Bills' O-line does not come back from COVID. Gabe Davis should be playing as wide receiver, too. Gives the offense juice. I expect they keep on playing him more, even if Emmanuel Sanders comes back this week. Bills on defense should do okay against the Pats, but the running game that has been a problem for the past couple of weeks will loom large if the Bills can't stop the run a bit more than they have. Then they should be in a good spot to force a mistake or two out of rookie Mac Jones. If not, game over. I think the Pats win this game, Bills will make the playoffs, but they're just not the same team that they were last year. It was showing this game. Pat's 28, Bills 19. And Pat, our Patriots fan, okay, maybe we have jumped the gun a little bit on the Patriots being the best team in the league, and the rookie QB reminded us that he's just a rookie. Now we have the most important game in the regular season history since the GOAT used to toss the ball around here, and we are fired up. The Pats already proved that they can manhandle the Bills and just run the ball down their throats at will. Damien Harris is still recovering from a hamstring pull, and Ramondre Stevenson, by the way, also just a rookie, didn't really impress carrying the whole load by himself last week. That said, the difference in the game last week versus the Colts was a block punt for a touchdown and a garbage-time 80-yard jaunt by Jonathan Taylor and two rookie mistake interceptions. So assuming we can manhandle an offensive line recovering from COVID and assuming we can teach the rookie a thing or two, the Pat should come out on top of on this one. Not to completely ignore that there is another team on the other side of the field. I do suspect Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie will cause the Pats secondary some problems. Not enough to win the game, but enough to be meaningful to say fantasy football players in their playoff games. Or daily fantasy players looking for a cheap option at wide receiver. Oh, and without a 50-mile-an-hour win, Nick Folk is a great option, too. 27-18 Patriots. So it looks like they're both picking the Patriots here. Jared, you, you disagreeing with that? Or do you think the Pates go ahead, Pats go ahead and uh, sweep the Bills?
0: I think the, the Bills are going to pull this game out. Um, mostly because I think that the Bills got embarrassed last time when they played. Um, I think the Bills are angry. Uh, I think that they're, they're motivated. Obviously. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I honestly think that, but that uh, Rob's wrong here. I think if the bills lose this game. They're not making the playoffs. The AFC race is way too close. If, if, if the bills lose this, that's many, they've already lost a ton of games at, um in division and um, or at least two. And um, there's going to be a lot of teams like the chiefs will be multiple games ahead of them. Chargers will be games ahead of them. Bengals will be ahead of them. Um, Titans are already ahead of them. Colts will probably be ahead of them. Like, there's like, going to be too many AFC teams with uh with games on the Bills that they lose this game. Um, so it's a must win in my opinion for for both teams really. Um, especially for the Patriots to get uh, try to hopefully get some home field advantage going because the Patriots team is is not like Tom Brady's teams where Tom could actually uh, catch up in a uh, in a game where they fall behind by more than a touchdown. Um, this Pat's team is not that team. Um, so if the, I think the Bills, if they come out and they get can put up at least 10 points um, and hold the, hold the Patriots back, um, if they get a 10-point lead, I don't think Mac Jones is good enough to come back in and win the game. He's still learning. He's a game manager at this point, um, and he's making some rookie mistakes. So give me the Bills. Um, I, I trust that Josh Allen can uh, do what he did um, in a very much of an MVP performance. Uh, I think it was last week where he just, like, played his heart out. They lost, but did a really good job. Uh, I think that if the Bills can put up at least 25 here, they're going to win this game. Um, So, yeah, I'll go with the Bills. Well,
1: and you know what? I probably will agree with you here that, yeah, if the Bills lose this game, the playoffs are probably a long shot, to say the least. Uh, Going into this weekend, they are currently the seventh seed in the AFC. Uh, only in because they have a tiebreaker over the Baltimore Ravens, who are also eight and six, but behind them, seven, six and one, Pittsburgh Steelers, and at seven and seven, the Raiders, Dolphins, Browns, and Broncos. Uh, so all those teams are still viable. They could find themselves with a win, still holding on to a wild card spot, with a loss probably as low as 12 or 13 in in the AFC rankings, but I will say the good news is that their final two games of the season are against the Falcons and against the jets and both games in Buffalo. So maybe not completely the end of the world, but I would definitely press the panic button if they lose to the Patriots here.
0: Yeah. Cause I think, I think in the AFC you're going to need minimum 10 wins. If they lose this game, that's the most they could possibly get this year. So yeah. I I'd be panic buttoning it for sure. If they lose this game.
1: All right, the injury report has Jerry Hughes, Michael Hyde, Tawan Jones, and Emmanuel Sanders, as mentioned in the write-ups there. Sanders, nursing, the need. The other three are questionable. Uh, A.J. of the defensive end, and, of course, Cole Beasley, along with Joe Feliciano and uh, Deion Dawkins, still all, all four on the COVID list. Uh, keep an eye out for that going into the weekend to see if any of them clear protocols before the week is out. The Patriots have Damian Harris, Nelson Aguilar, Nikhil Harry, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, all limited in practice. Uh, Harris has the hamstring. Aguilar is on concussion protocol. Nikhil Harry um, has the hip injury. Stevenson has non-COVID illness, also showing up in the injury report. Wide receiver, Matthew Slater. Safety, Adrian Phillips. Kicker, Nick Folk. Center, David Andrews. Uh, Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle. Brandon Bowden, their running back. And uh, Kendrick Bourne, along with Dalton Keene, Ronnie Perkins, Cameron uh, McGrone, and Harvey Lange all find themselves on the COVID list. The uh, next game here, oh gosh, a battle for a top five pick. (laughs) The Jacksonville Jaguars, who's hold at thirty second in our power rankings take on the New York Jets who fall from thirty to thirty one. Oh gosh, yeah, we're we're all taking the Jaguars in a game that again, outside of draft position, doesn't really matter. But Jared, since since your team is one of the ones probably still vying for a top five pick down the stretch here, um, your your thoughts on this game because we may get surprisingly good football out of this one, but um with everything going on with the Jacksonville Jaguars and, you know, the up and down play of the Jets, I'm not holding my
0: breath here. Well, I will say that I'm actually excited. Like normally you'd be like, oh, any Jags game, you're like, oh, gross. I never want to watch that. And the same thing for the Jets. You're like, oh, Jets game, screw that. But this game for a Giants fan is fantastic. One of these teams more than likely has to win the game. And that improves mm-hmm. our chance of getting a better draft pick. So. I'm rooting for the Jets to win because that'll put them as, as a four win team along with the giants um, and, and the bears of course, which is another one of our draft picks. Um, but I think the Jags do pull this one out. I think um, Lawrence is a better quarterback than Wilson, uh, assuming they both play. Uh, I think Jacksonville has a a little bit more talent in skill position players. I think Robinson, um, assuming he plays as well is much better than any piece that the Jets have. Um, and so And now that the Jags don't have Urban Meyer, I think that they're going to start winning a couple of games here to close out the year. And my fingers are crossed that the Jets and the Jags both jump the Giants in wins. I'm really (laughs) hoping. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what to make of this game. The uh, Jets
1: had flashes last week where it looked like they were going to run away from the Dolphins, um, and then they didn't. And, um, yeah, the the Jaguars, I mean – they beat the Texans. Yay. I mean I'm sorry, no, they 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 lost to the Texans. The yeah, Texans they, are a good Texans, team, right? right? Yeah.
0: Like one of the I, best teams I, I mean, in the league. The, the Texans? Yeah, yeah, they're a really a really good team, right? No. No. Oh, oh. Oh, there's no, that, three was... they there's three wins and eleven. Wow, that's pretty bad.
1: Yeah, that that was David Mills, and <laughs> I said I was never picking the Texans to win another game this season because Tyrod's done for the year, and I don't yeah, know yeah. how Jacksonville didn't rally around the new coaching, you know, the change in the head coach, and you know, get pumped up and show up at home and 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 kick te- Houston's teeth in. There was no reason they should have lost this game. I'm still baffled and confused. I mean, they they. I know it was a divisional game, but they still should have manhandled the Texans. It was Davis yeah. Mills. <sighs> I, I, give me a coin, flip it in the air, and however it lands, that's who wins this game between these two teams I really don't want to talk about too much. <laughs> um, I, I, I will say that um, the, the Jets pretty much just seem to be a snake-bitten franchise when it comes to quarterback. I'm never going to change that. And hopefully Jacksonville can bounce back from the debacle of their coaching hire, which pretty much blew itself to kingdom come with every dumb decision made by said former head coach from the day he picked his staff. You got to do your job here. You know, in college, you can get away with doing whatever the hell you want because you're dealing with 19 to 21-year-old young men. Um, But in the pros (laughs) – you're dealing with grown men who have families to take care of uh, pretty much adults. And don't really care how old you are. You're still dealing with grown men there. There's an adjustment to be made. I'm not saying that's the main reason. That is a reason. And and it's pretty much why that college coaches pretty much for the most part, and we're talking about a good 80, 90% of the time don't have any success. In the NFL. You you may get short term success, but somewhere along the way, I think that their, their egos about what they can and can't do get in the way. And, and I will point to my own team's um debacle. I'm about to throw up in my mouth here, Chip Kelly, where they basically, you know, after winning the division in his first season, gave him the keys to pick the roster, and he damn near ran it into the ground for the next two years, trading away all. Look, forget fan favorites. You're talking about pro bowlers in Macklin, McCoy, and Jackson. and He pretty much said, get out of town because my offense works better this way. And yet, chucking all those players who made his offense look as phenomenal as it did for those two and a half seasons um, didn't really bode well for him in season three as everyone started to pick it apart because the scheme is one thing, you need the talent to run in. He basically said, Screw this talent, my scheme is superior. So yeah, uh, ho- hopefully Jacksonville's next head coach because I doubt it's going to be the interim guy. He does a better job. Uh, Jags have LaVisca Chenault, James Robinson, Laurenti McCray, Miles Jack, Malcolm Brown, all uh, J- and Josh Allen, all questionable. Uh, the only player here showing up on the COVID report is Travis Etienne, uh, who also is nursing a foot injury. For the New York Jets, they have Jameson Crowder, CJ Mosley, uh, Lorette DuVernay-Tardif, Sheldon Rankins, Bryce Hall, George Fant, uh, all listed as questionable. Elijah Vera Tuckle, Michael Carter, Ryan Griffin, Makai Beckton, Sherrod Neeson, and Vincent Smith all find themselves on the COVID list. Yeah, that's the, a lot uh, of linemen. Yeah, yeah, v- very much so. The uh, next game here, Jared has to deal with our two teams and, 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 you know, a game I don't want to revisit because of what happened a couple weeks ago before we played the Jets. The New York Giants come into Philadelphia. The Giants fall from 28 to 19 – excuse me, 28 to 29. The Eagles move up one spot from 19 to 18. For some reason, the Eagles are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. And, you know, the last time we played, I believe we were like six-and-a-half to seven-point favorites, and we didn't do the simple things like, I don't know – let me think. What was it that we did um, over the last seven? I run the football early on. And um, they try to get cute with the trick plays and throwing the football. And um, it blew up in their face. And you guys won one of the ugliest games I've ever seen in my life, 10 to 3. Um, granted, you all have gone through with a whole litany of injuries. Your quarterback's been shut down for the year. And you said in your write-ups many a times, how many opening day starters are missing from both sides of the ball? So, how do you see this playing out this time? We going to get a repeat of last time. Do you guys pretty much just hang on and hope that my squad just pretty much shoots itself in the
0: foot and walk away with the win, or you see things playing out differently in any way? I think that's actually kind of the point. Is I think that the Giants had no business winning last time. It's just the Eagles' way too many turnovers, way too many mistakes. Just, just some of the worst football play I've, I've seen out of a team that has actually it's like legitimate starters in the game. No offense, but yeah, it's not very good. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I heard our draft prospects, unfortunately. But anyways, to this game, I mean, the Giants are still dealing. Our, our last good, healthy offensive player was Andrew Thomas, who showed up on in the injury report this week. So that's how the season's going. The Giants literally have no one on offense of the starting 11 who are, have not been injured this year. Um and the majority of their defense, starting eleven has been injured this year, so Giants are kind of running around with lots of uh semi injured players that are their first stringers, a lot of second stringers, some third stringers, and the bill's fourth string quarterback so not a not a recipe for success, I don't think um Eagles should handily win this game um I think that they will clean up their mistakes um I think hurts will play a lot better. And hopefully if we get a full game out of Fromm, because Mike Lennon is, should not be in the NFL, like, just flat <laughs> out. You know, um, I, I would love to be as positive as you
1: are um, with, you know, you said Fromm is starting for you, Will, but uh, – Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. I, I don't even know who the guy was who was starting for Washington last night. They just kept mentioning during the game that he got a <laughs> call on Thursday – from his wife because it missed 25 of them from the Washington football team saying, hey, you just been signed by Washington from the Patriots, you know, practice squad. You need to get your butt here ASAP because you might be starting. And look, that guy looked pretty damn competent against an Eagles defense that pretty much one should have made his life a living hell. And this is where I have the issue with my team. It's not so much the offense because I feel like, on the offensive side of the ball, the head coach and the offensive coordinator eventually pull their heads out of their butts, bite the bullet, and say, you know what, let's ride this O-line, let's run the ball, get it to Sanders, read option what hurts, uh, pound it with, with Howard. And, and, you know, as long as they stick with that and use play action and stop trying to use gimmick and gadget plays, for all the crap I give Jalen Rager, yes, he caught every pass thrown to him last night, but it's kind of easy to do that when there's no one within five yards of breathing on you. And, and, you know, two of your catches are behind the line of scrimmage to where you can run downfield with, I don't know, a 300 pound lineman leading the way.
0: <laughs> Makes it a little bit easier.
1: It it, it does. It does. I, I'm a still rag on Jalen Rager though. Um, but defensively is where I have the problem. And I couldn't pick my defensive coordinator out of a, out of a prison lineup with a gun to my head. (laughs) Jeez. I, I really couldn't. But if you were to point him out to me and say, that's your defensive coordinator, I would legit walk up to him and punch him in the mouth. This is some of the dumbest play calling that I've seen over the last couple of weeks against the jets. He brought no pressure except when it was third and long. I mean, Why not dial up the heat when you're up 10, 13, 14, 17 points against a team early in the third quarter? Why wait for third down? Wait for first down and throw something different at him. Dial up some heat, put some pressure in his face, you know, and and, and bloody his nose. Every first down last night was base 4-3 coverage. It looked like Madden out there. I'm sorry. I, I'm tired of seeing my defense sitting back in zone coverage, and we have a guy who literally came off the Patriots practice squad on Thursday, start a game, and still complete roughly 70% of his passes. Because I mean, you are not getting pressure with the front four. They're just not. I'm sorry. It, it hurts watching my defense play.
0: Did your D.C. think that you guys were, like, playing the Chiefs or something, where they, like, have a good old line in Patrick Mahomes back there? I I, I don't know, but look, the only
1: team we need to play too high safety against for the rest of the way is Dallas, to be perfectly honest. And I probably wouldn't play too high safety against Dallas because of their running backs. Look, you guys still have Saquon Barkley. Bring that safety down to the box. I don't care if it's Reed or McLeod. They need to be in the box. I would love for Steven Nelson to not be on this team going forward because (laughs) he looks he looks like Jalen Mills all over again. It's like, okay, I'm covering this wide receiver. It's third and five. The ball's going to come out hot, so let me line up 10 yards away from the wide receiver. Why give him a 10-yard cushion when it's third down and five? Press him, ride him the five yards to the first down marker, and maybe, just maybe, you can make a play on the ball. Now, we will say our linebackers are playing better, but my, my, my def- defensive line, the, the strength of this team, they're, they're just not getting it done, and they need help. And, and, and sometimes that helped maybe bring in the fifth guy. And, and who you bring and how you bring him does make a difference. Uh, he, he needs to not get blocked. It needs to be confusion up front. I
0: Sounds mean, Sounds like you guys Fromm, should just uh, trade for Jamal Adams from the Seahawks and just uh, use him as a blitzer.
1: Oh, my gosh. If only <laughs> it was that simple. I,
0: I, I mean, how many snaps has Fromm taken so far this season? Very few. He only yeah, came and, in. He and, only came in after uh, Glennon's shit show or Glennon's issues uh, last game.
1: Look, n- nine and a half is a bit much. It probably should be the number that that we should win by. I, honestly, in a vacuum, on paper, with common sense coaching and with the rosters as are right now, there is no reason the Giants should score more than ten points in this game. There, there, there Agreed. really isn't zero. All right. But I can't help but be the pessimist here, based off last night. And look, the first quarter looked very ugly for the Eagles' offense. Like, luckily, we were able to overcome, and 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 they made plays on third down, and they overcame. And and look, you're never going to see a more bonkers interception than you saw last night, with the ball bouncing off of Goddard's foot into the hands of the DB, and the fumble was on Hurts. So. He bounced back from those two turnovers and had a phenomenal game the rest of the way. I need those last three quarters to carry over into Sunday and not do dumb stuff. Like one, stop sitting in the pocket and looking for things that aren't there. There are checkdowns built to this offense for a reason. Use them. Stop looking to force yep.
0: things deep. Especially so against the I,
1: Giants secondary. Oh man. I, I Look, reluctantly <laughs> I'm picking the Eagles here. I just feel like they're going to make this closer than it has to be and it's It's either going to give me a heart attack or an ulcer. (laughs) Uh, That being said, the Giants injury report has Kyle Rudolph with an ankle. uh, Saquon Barkley with an ankle injury. Other players showing up, you mentioned Andrew Thomas. Leonard Williams is questionable. Austin Johnson is questionable. And uh, Kadarius Toney has an illness. He's currently listed as out. Sterling Shepard was placed on injury reserve Monday. so. yeah, I take from that what you will. doesn't seem to matter to the Eagles. Uh, Jordan Maialata, Jordan Howard, Jack Stoll all show up as questionable. Howard has a knee injury that he's still nursing, though he looked great last night carrying the rock in the fourth quarter since they were preserving Sanders. Um, Sanders, by the way, also nursing the quad injury, so precautionary as far as why he was out. Uh, Andre Dillard and Landon Dickerson find themselves on the COVID list. Yay. And uh, Jalen Hurts limited in practice due to his ankle injury, which they're monitoring as well. The next game here has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who fall from one to three in that power ranking, visiting the Carolina Panthers, who hold steady at 27. The Buccaneers are 10-point favorites, though um, after that voodoo that the Saints put on them, This past week, I'm not so confident they actually beat the Panthers by 10, no matter who's playing quarterback, because uh, Cam has been designated the starter for this week. Uh, No telling whether they're going to have him split time with PJ Walker at any point in this game, but it seems like that's been the thing that's been going on. I don't think I trust the Panthers going forward into the NFC playoffs, Jared. Um, Yeah, they've been bitten by the injury bug, they they lost uh, Goodwin excuse me, got one for the season uh, after it was revealed that it wasn't an MCL sprain. It was a torn ACL. Um, So because of that, they're going to bring back Antonio Brown into the full fold after his suspension for playing around with uh, basically acquiring forged documents is the best way to put it here. I won't go into the whole litany of what he did, but again, the rules change when they need to benefit you. So, you know, Brown was said to have been on thin ice last year when they acquired him. They were going to kick him out the door if he screwed up. Well, they had to screw up, and I do believe for all intents and purposes at the end of the season he was going to be cut by the Buccaneers. But now that they're down one wide receiver with a hobbling Mike Evans, they need all the help they can get.
0: Yeah, like for – as as far as the Panthers go, I think they're – by far, one of the worst teams in the league. And the let's just put it this way, the Panthers, most of their wins were against the Jets, the Texans, and the Falcons. And they got swept by the NFC East, and that includes the Giants and Washington. So they're not good. Um, Tom Brady is probably pissed and he's going to be, like, super angry this entire game. And I think Tom Brady is going to be like, okay, here's six touchdowns. And I think Carolina is just going to get blown out by, like, 35 points. Like, I think this is not going to be a close game whatsoever. I think Tom Brady is just going to blow the lid off this thing.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, how often do we see Brady come to the press conference post game in a T-shirt and not giving two craps about how he looks? I mean – Win or lose, he's normally at the podium looking like a GQ model. A- yeah. And what the Saints did to them last year, now, now mind you, the Saints have now won all four meetings with the Buccaneers since they acquired Tom Brady. <laughs> all four re- – the only time season, the Buccaneers yeah. won was the, a was the playoff game last year in which Drew Brees' arm basically Drew. turned into a spaghetti noodle and he couldn't get it more than five yards downfield. Yep. That is the only game the Buccaneers won. I believe a healthy Drew Brees or any healthy quarterback in the offense last year, they lose that playoff game. They're not defending champions. That That's just my two cents. Oh, I think I think 100% Will. agree. Yeah. Yeah, if you're, if you're a Brady or a Buck fan and you disagree, you're entitled to do that. I'm just telling you like I see it. You, you lost to the combination of Winston and, and Simeon in the first matchup and Taysom Hill this past Sunday.
0: Not ideal. I don't
1: know. Not ideal at all. I mean, definitely not the group of quarterbacks you'd say Tom Brady lost to once in a season. But uh, there it is, right right there in front of you. And, and look, the Arians' offense – is what it is. It is a downfield passing scheme. You you look deep first, and then you check down afterwards because read one is always fifteen plus yards downfield, and you just scale back towards the line of scrimmage to dump it off to one of the backs out of the backfield. And the running game is complementary to that. With all their injuries right now, I'm not too sure that I would start running the ball because oh by the way they did acquire Le'Veon Bell and sign him to a contract to fill out the rest of the season because Leonard Fournette has a hamstring injury, and he is doubtful. So that adds to the offensive woes as well.
0: AB a. and Lev Bell in the playoffs, what could go wrong?
1: Everything. Everything <laughs> could go wrong. Look, this, this field in the NFC is not going to be a cakewalk. And with the way they're banged up, let's remember that only the Green Bay Packers have clinched the playoff spot, and they've won their division already not like the buccaneers will lose their division i mean they're 3 games up yes a win against carolina is all they need to win their division but they're still seeding to lock themselves in in the top 4 and where they fall we don't know because 10 and 4 is also the same record as the dallas cowboys and the arizona cardinals oh by the way the la rams as well so they could find themselves with one home game and on the road the rest of the way but i mean the road didn't matter last year they they won 3 on the road in route to the Super Bowl. Uh, also showing up with a Buccaneers injury report, Antonio Brown with an ankle injury. Richard Sherman is questionable. Levante David has a foot injury uh, that may keep him out for up to four weeks. He's listed as doubtful. Uh, they did place Patrick O'Connor, the defensive end on IR, along with Godwin, as mentioned earlier. And yeah. uh, Brashard Perriman, their other wide receiver, he's been placed on the COVID list. For the Panthers, um, Christian McCaffrey has been removed from the COVID list, though I don't even understand why that's news, considering that uh, he's been shut down for the year. Sam Darnold has been designated to return from the IR list. So um, the guy that was supposedly shutting down for the rest of the season might be available for Sunday's game. Cam Newton will start, but um, depending on how this goes, if it goes sideways early, expect to see Sam Darnold. Uh, D.J. Moore, Cam Irving, and Stephen Gilmore are all listed as questionable uh, for this game. Azura Kamara, Sam Franklin Jr., and, um, both on the COVID list, along with Derek Brown. So t- take from that what you will. The L.A. Chargers visit the Houston Texans. The Chargers fall from 9 to 10 in the rankings. They are 10-point favorites, and most likely everyone's locked to be the Texans team that pretty much moved up one spot from 31 to 30. I don't have too much to say about this other than the Texans are starting Davis Mills. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not, t- it, it, I'm sorry. It, it's not T-Mobile. I don't, I don't care. I, there's no reason I have to pick the Texans in
0: this one, Jared. I, I, I'm going to let you have it on this one. It sounds like this, that entire division has got all your favorite quarterbacks with Wentz and Mills and everyone in it. <laughs> Almost. But, uh, <laughs> almost. Uh but going going for the Chargers, like um I've been a huge Herbert fan since the draft. Uh, I picked him up in our Dynasty League. Uh I've ri- ridden him to the playoffs again this year. Um I think I picked the Chargers as a playoff team this year. I think they're an exceptionally good team on offense. On defense, they have all the pro bowlers, they have all these like they have multiple all pros. They have really good talent, but for some reason their defense just never plays up to the standard of their, of, of the caliber of players that they have, which is really weird to me. Um, Cause you have Bosa, you, you have James, you have all these guys that are exceptional talents uh, and they just don't play up to that. And also they're doing some injuries now. Um, I know they have some issues at cornerback, uh, especially this last week. Uh, but I mean, they're playing the Texans, Texans stink. Uh, I want the Texans to win because I want um, a higher <laughs> draft pick, obviously. <laughs> but I think, I think, the Chargers win by 20 I don't think it's a particular close game like I just think Herbert's just gonna manhandle him
1: yeah that that that's pretty much all that needs to be said about
0: this um the only issue
1: here with the Chargers is they have currently 10 players on the COVID list uh, Jalen Guyton uh, Austin Eckler Joe Gaziano uh, Chris Rumpf Trey Marshall Tavon Campbell uh keeman hall andre roberts joey bosa and cory lindley uh most of those players by the way in case you weren't paying attention defense you're talking about defense in a linebacker a safety two corners uh both a lineman your starting center one of your top wide receivers uh sante samuel jr and donald parham jr are both in concussion protocol uh, for the texans they could use some help, period. Uh, They have Eric Wilson, Brandon Brooks, uh, Jalen Johnson, Jeff Driscoll, who's doubtful, uh, Derek Rivers, Malik Collins, Jacob Martin, Jonathan Greenert. These are all players on the COVID list. Uh, For them, Chris Conley, their wide receiver, is limited with a knee injury. David Johnson, non-participant due to a quad issue. Justin Britt and Lonnie Johnson Jr. are also questionable. It doesn't, doesn't really matter who suits up, excuse me, for the Houston Texans. The Chargers, like you said, should blow them out of the water. So the next game is the Chicago Bears at the Seattle Seahawks. So here are two teams I have no idea what's going on with them. The uh, Bears hold steady at 26 in our power rankings. The Seahawks fall from 23 to 25. I feel like a lot of us here who do the rankings would love to put them at 30 if we could um, the Seahawks somehow are six-and-a-half-point favorites, probably because they're playing at home. But I don't know. I mean, they played hard against the Rams last night, but I mean, that was the Rams. That's an, a division opponent. That's pretty much what they normally do. They play everybody in the division hard. Win or lose is typically one score games when the Seahawks are involved. But the Bears, with everything going on with the bears right now as far as you know whether the coach will be brought back next year or not and whether they're doing right by their young rookie quarterback or not whether there's enough talent in this offense or not to pretty much help them succeed i don't see how or why the seahawks should lose this game I, i mean they're at home they're coming off pretty much a bad loss uh you mentioned officiating earlier we're probably still trying to figure out how DPI wasn't called last night on their potential game-tying drive. Uh, letting Russ Cook is not the answer. May- maybe in the off-season they invest in an offensive line and um, you know lean on the running
0: game a little bit if they can find it. I mean, I I, I don't know. What say you? Uh, when whenever they have Carson, they have a running game. When they don't have Carson, there's no running game. Uh, he's out. The year, um, and all they have left is Rashad Penny, who was a a first round bust. Um, Seattle has, as far as I know, is still going to be down locket. Uh, DK got blanked last week or yesterday rather by Ramsey, and Seattle's offense is just in shambles. Um, it's not looking good in any way, shape, or form. Fortunately for them. They're playing against one of the worst teams in the league, the Bears. Um the Giants own the Bears pick, um, which is fantastic for me. Um, that's why I'm rooting for the Seahawks to win. And then I picked the Bears to get the reverse jinx. So that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> um, I think that Seattle is a better team just because they have Russ. Fields is still too young, too many mistakes, and the coaching in the for the Bears sucks. I'm shocked Nagy still has a job. Um Like, the only reason, like, in my head, you would keep Nagy still is you're like, oh, we're going to keep Nagy because we want to tank for draft pick. But your draft picks are owned by the Giants. So you're really only helping the Giants by keeping Nagy around. And you're not really seeing if you actually have someone else on staff that's capable of sticking around for next year. So, what that tells me is perhaps the Chicago Bears are going to fire everybody and bring in someone new, um, which would be great for them and for Fields. But as far as this game goes, I mean, the Bears have to travel to Seattle. They have a rookie quarterback not playing great. Seattle's going to be pretty mad after the refing decision last week. I just think Seattle wins this game. It's going to be an ugly game, but Seattle somehow wins this game on some stupid play that we're going to look back on next week and say, God, I can't believe that the Seattle won with a Stroud Penny flea flicker or something. I don't know. It's going to be something ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm inclined to agree here as much as I would like to say the Bears win because, look, the, the Seahawks' whole offense is Russ to DK, and that's not even within the rhythm of the offense. That's Russ scrambling out of the pocket because the old line can't block, and DK breaking off his route because the corner's not named Jalen Mills, and then Russ chucks it up to DK. Or lock it. Take your pick. Which I <laughs> – I, uh, that That's not going to sustain itself much longer because Russ is now 30 years old, if, if I'm not mistaken, and he can't take too many more of these beatings behind what's supposed to be an offensive line there in Seattle. So um, let's just say this offseason is going to be very interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves. And um, before any of you uh, conspiracy theorists out there want to start throwing ideas out, no, I don't want him in Philadelphia because, I mean, no, there's no guarantees. How much longer he plays, considering his age? So he's at the point where it's like two to five years. Eh. We don't even have the talent to complement his talent at wide receiver. We have one wide receiver
0: and one tight end and a bunch of gadget guys.
1: If you so guys had Justin
0: Jefferson, of- then then you would. You know what?
1: You you you, you <laughs> didn't you didn't have to. It, it
0: we 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 already talked about Minnesota, man. Why? You- <laughs> Uh, I had to get a little jab in there. I mean, I wanted Justin Jefferson too, but here we are.
1: (laughs) Okay. Inner peace, Zen. Uh, The Bears injury report (laughs) has uh, Tashawn Gibson, Allen Robinson, uh, Andy Dalton, Ryan Knoll, Jesse James, Mario Edwards are all still currently on the COVID list as of this recording. uh, Along with Duke Shelley and Brian Nichols. Uh, Jasper Horstead was added to the COVID list today. Uh, Jason Peters is questionable. Gosh, Jason Peters. Uh, It would be best for Chicago Bears if Jason Peters just went ahead and retired. I I know the big fella still thinks he can play, but there's a reason the Eagles didn't resign him. Uh, Xavier Crawford is questionable. Marquise Goodwin has a foot injury. He was listed in Justin Fields has an ankle injury. He was limited in practice. Uh, For the Seahawks, uh, their COVID list still shows Brian Moore, Travis Homer, DJ Reed, and Kerry Hyder Jr. Uh, let's see. Will Disley is currently listed as out, uh, does not say how or why. Freddie Swain, Alex Collins, DJ Metcalf, listed as questionable. Uh, that is uh, Foot. Illness and foot, respectively, illness is not COVID-related. Collins has been removed from the COVID list. Um, Gabe Jackson, the guard, Al Woods, the tackle, uh, they are both listed as questionable. And Tyler Lockett, uh, he's been activated from the reserve COVID list. So
0: they okay, should so have him. To play, him. Then. That's good.
1: Yeah, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. The Steelers fall from 18 to 20 in our power rankings. The Chiefs move up from four to two. Our shadowy background figure is calling for the upset due to COVID. And, And for those not aware, the Chiefs have two all pros who were added to the COVID list this week, namely Travis Kelsey and Tariq Hill. Um, so yeah, if those two can't go along with a host of others, because COVID looks like it's going to force this game to be moved at this point. Um, yeah, if if those two guys can't go, forget everybody else is on the COVID list. Um, they need Kelsey and or Hill, uh, to have a chance at at beating Pittsburgh, quite honestly. I I think without them, there's not enough Scheme-wise, Andy Reid can do to try to duct tape anything together to be remotely competitive. Otherwise, you just got Patrick Mahomes running around for his life, trying to figure out whether Watt is going to blindside him or not. Um, And and the the Steelers have a very stout back seven. Um, Yeah, if COVID doesn't pretty much force this game to be moved, because hey, again who the hell cares about protocols in place for games being played despite outbreaks. And uh, you know, when there's money on the line, you know, they, they, they will postpone this game as much as possible
0: to try to save it. Yeah. So um, especially because of all the playoff implications of this particular game too.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah. What, what, what else do you have in this game, Jared? Cause I, uh, I'm just at a loss here. Just looking at the COVID list. <laughs>
0: I mean, I don't really care if uh, Reek plays or not, but I think Kelsey is very vital for the Chiefs to play. So if if I recall, I think he is vaccinated. So if he tests uh, out, he can can test out and play this week. Um, Mahomes is still healthy. Um, The the thing about the Steelers is the Steelers don't have an offensive line and they don't have a quarterback. Um, They have a running back and they have some wide receivers, but that doesn't score you a lot of points. Um, so the Steelers obviously have to rely on their defense week in and week out Um, and I don't know that their defense matches up particularly well against the Chiefs offensive line which is actually one of the best in the NFL and they have Mahomes who is very squirrely and it's gonna be hard to tackle him even for someone as talented as Watt so I still think Chiefs win this one somehow um, because I just don't think Pittsburgh can put up enough points unless they're getting points on defense that's the only way i could see if there's a pick six or a fumble recovery for a touchdown then i would say pittsburgh wins but if absence of that i think that mahomes is just too much for them to deal with and i think kansas city will score at least 20 points which means that the steelers would lose
1: so nick our chiefs fan does send in uh, the new COVID protocol so sure seemed like the old protocol so far the chiefs are going to this next game potentially missing Nearly as many key starters as the teams that had games scheduled last week. The only player sure to be missing uh, Sunday so far is Harrison, uh, the kicker, Harrison Butker. So maybe the Chiefs will have to pull a a Brandon Staley and refuse to touch the ball with their feet. Uh, Casey does need a win here to maintain its exclusive hold onto the one seed. And even Chiefs offense missing some pieces seems capable of maintaining pace with the big Benfield World Tour, but we're still probably in for an ugly close one. Prediction, Chiefs outrun the Pittsburgh Orthopedic Hill 17-13. And, yeah, in in case you're wondering about that COVID list for the Chiefs, currently the players on it. uh, Shavarius Ward, Travis Kelsey, Harrison Bucker, Tariq Hill, Blake Bell, uh, Rashad Fenton, Nick Bolton, Kyle Long, Lucas Niang, Armani Watts and Joshua Kane Doe. So, um, sorry, Joshua Kane Doe uh, was designated to return from injury reserve with his ankle injury. Uh, yeah, it, that's the injury report. Literally, everyone on the injury report is on there because they're on the COVID list.
0: Excellent.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, a- excellent for you.
0: But man, yeah, it's no. crazy.
1: But uh, yeah, that that is the injury report for the Chiefs. Literally everyone is there because of COVID. Uh, for the Steelers, they have two players on the COVID list, Marcus Allen, their linebacker, and Zach Banner, their their tackle. Uh, Kevin Dodson, their gar- guard, was designated to return from injury reserve with his ankle injury. Uh, Devin Bush is o- on the COVID list, excuse me, and uh, Pat Fryermuth is in the concussion protocol. So – yeah, you mentioned it. The offensive line, not great. Ben should have retired this past off season, but hey, he pro- he he was angling for that bonus money and uh what was it, forty million before he decided to restructure and come back this year is what he was owed.
0: Hey, you gotta get it, that
1: it, uh get that money, man. <laughs> absolutely. It, it 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 still still doesn't give me like oh gosh. Like I I I still believe that if Kelsey and or Tariq Hill somehow clear the protocols and make it back, despite all the other names on the COVID list, they can beat they, they they can they can win this game. And like Nick said, they need this win because outright they have the best record. I think they lose all tiebreakers with everyone else here in the AFC that is currently a division lead at this point. Um Yeah, because they don't own tiebreakers over the Patriots or the Titans. So if they end up with the same record, if all three teams end up with the same record, the Chiefs will find themselves at three,
0: not one. And they could definitely use the bye.
1: Absolutely. Uh, The next game here on the docket, Denver Broncos travel to uh, Vegas to take on the Raiders. Broncos holding steady at 16 in the power rankings. Raiders holding at 22 in our power rankings. Raiders are one-point favorite, and Monty, our Raiders fan, uh, does send us uh, – Monty sent us a lot, and I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as possible. Uh, The future Denver Peyton Mannings at Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Joke's on you, Broncos. The Raiders have no number one wide receiver to play outside with your excellent rookie corner, Patrick Sertain, uh, Jr., uh, if you want him inside to play tag with Hunter Renfro, that's when you, Drew Locke, is probably worse than Nick Mullen. So if the Raiders can go up early and force the ball in his hands and turn him over, they should win. If not, I expect their struggles in the Death Star to continue. Uh, Denver 17, Vegas 20. He uh, goes on here to say the haircut needs to take advantage of the new league rules that allow him to start interviewing for a new coach uh next week if you not not, oh my gosh so you're gonna skip the rest of this this seems a lot to do with uh possible <laughs> like, coaching like, down the road
0: a little ranty down there
1: yeah we're we're gonna pass on that uh yeah Mon- monty you, you can join us at the end of the season when we talk about the uh, day after the league ends and talk about all the coaches who've been fired and vacancies and whatnot um yeah but he, he look this game, notwithstanding, he does drop the names Leftwich, more Moore, uh, McDaniels, the, basically the usual suspects for coaching vacancies that will inevitably present themselves uh, in the offseason. But before you even get to that,
0: uh, how do you see this game playing out with Denver and the Raiders, Jarrett? Uh, well, the Raiders just have flat out a, a much better quarterback. And so generally with a much better quarterback at home, I, my money is going to be on the Raiders for this game. The Broncos have better skill position players and a better defense, but they lack a quarterback. Their quarterback's not even in the top thirty NFL starters. He's like quarterback forty-five. It's the same thing as like Sam Darnold, where you just have a basically a backup quarterback or someone who really shouldn't be in the league at all. And oh wait, we're talking about Doolock. You're
1: talking, about, to, Duloc? You're talking yeah, about Yeah.
0: Duloc. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. And and you're trying to like win a game away against a team that's fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, it's a tough sell. Like I think Derek Carr and the Raiders pull this one out. I think that, um, even though, uh, Monty's been a very negative towards the Raiders making the playoffs. I think that this is their time to make their playoff push. And I think that they can get it done. And so I would like to see him squeeze in there, make the playoffs And and Monty, I'll just say this for you. Cause I know you'll be listening. Just imagine The Raiders sneaking into the playoffs and eliminating the Kansas City smug Knicks, how delicious (laughs) that would be for an entire year, even if you don't, even if you don't win the Super Bowl or anything, just beating Nick. That'd be amazing. And I think all of us are rooting for that. So Merry Christmas to you. Oh,
1: gosh. Um, The Raiders after the Broncos take on the Colts and the Chargers. So playoffs are still a viability. But they have to win out they they're one of those teams in the AFC that probably needs 10 outright nine's not going yeah. to do it Definitely um, 10. Yeah, yeah my, my predictions for this game pretty much rely on teddy bridgewater who at at as of this recording is listed as out he's in the concussion protocol um so that that could change at the end of the week um the hit he took that knocked him out of last week's game against the Bengals was a nasty, nasty hit. Um, I know a lot of people are like trying to, in some way, say that was more vicious than what Donald Parham took for the uh, Chargers when he played the Chiefs because the way he landed didn't seem like it had any impact on it, whereas Bridgewater was pretty much nailed in the back while he was diving in the air and his head hit first. Look, both are scary. there's no levels of concussions as far as I'm concerned. If you're knocked out on the field of play, you are knocked out on the field of play. There's no grades to this. Um, neither one is a, is a fun sight to look at, but I give the Broncos a significantly better chance. Because like you said, Jared, the, the Broncos have better skill positions all around. But if Drew Lott starts this game and Bridgewater can't go in any capacity whatsoever, then yeah, there, there's no excuse why the Raiders shouldn't win this game. Because... I mean, they're at home, so that's advantage one. And two, they will have the better quarterback. Uh, but if Bridgewater plays, that all goes out the window. I don't care if they play in the cornfield in Nebraska. If Bridgewater <laughs> plays, give me the Broncos. If not, I'll take the Raiders. Uh, and, and that's that's just basically my just simple analysis because Bridgewater does enough to keep this offense in rhythm and moving, um, especially with their two-headed monster at running back uh, with Melvin Gordon. So, um, Well, the the Raiders have gone through their fair share of unnecessary media attention um, for all the wrong reasons. They have bounced back almost every single time, but they find themselves at 7-7 with the Denver Broncos. And for all intents and purposes, the loser of this game is pretty much dead in the water, um, needing miracles to get back in. It doesn't help that they're in the same division, uh, both looking up at the Chargers and the Chiefs. The uh, Broncos, aside from Bridgewater, have Melvin Gordon on the injury report with a uh, thumb and hip injury. He didn't practice. Uh, Bradley Chubb and Albert Bonum um show up in the injury report, shoulder and knee, respectively. Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams, uh, Mike Purcell, Quinn Merence, Shelby Harris, and Kareem Jackson also show up as questionable. For the Raiders, they have Foster Moreau with an ab and thigh injury. Darren Waller with a knee and back, so that's the top two tight ends. Josh Jacobs has an illness, not non-COVID related. Zay Jones has a toe injury. Uh, the tackle, Brandon Parkers, listed as questionable. Daniel Helm, the third tight end, listed as questionable. Jonathan Hankins, uh, Divine Diablo, uh, listed as questionable. They will miss Brendan Faxon. Uh, he is out because he's on the COVID list. Jonathan Abram is most likely done for the year uh, due to the nasty injury he took in the last game that they played on Monday. So uh, yeah, they, they do not have the best of luck right now uh, with the health of their roster. Those who are healthy enough to play are definitely not playing at 80%. Um, and, and those who can't play are really hurting the team by not being there. The Sunday night game, in which I tried to get a couple of fans together to uh, for some little air time earlier today, didn't come to fruition, has the Washington football team, who fall from 21 to 23 in our rankings, traveling to Dallas to play the Cowboys, who move up from eight to six in the rankings. And Dallas is 11-point favorites. Um, I think that's a bit of a that's – a, that's a lot of points, considering Dallas could barely win by – I mean – what the last time these two teams played, Dallas had a twenty point lead and let Washington climb back into this game. I, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, granted, they're at home this time, but I'm not sure they they handle Washington like they should. We still don't know what the status of Taylor Heineke is going to be. He's currently still listed on the um one Andrew Report being on the COVID list along with Allen as well. If that changes and either Either of them can go. I, I'm i not going to say I expect as much as as last time, but I expect the game to be a lot more competitive because, look, Dallas' defense is a lot better than what you saw at of Philly. When they play at Washington, they will pretty much maul Washington's quarterback or at least destroy the offensive line for at least the first half of the game, maybe into the third quarter, but... I don't know. I feel like this game probably should be close just so Dallas' defense can pretty much manhandle the Washington offense because it it just looks like the last time they played because they got up by so many points. They got complacent and figured everything would just fall into their laps and Washington would just roll over and die. They didn't. Um, (laughs) I mean, look, our Cowboys fan Kevin just wrote in, Cowboys versus Washington, Cowboys win. Literally the extent of his write-up. So, Jared, your your take on our fellow division mates here?
0: Yeah, I, w- I would say that that your take on what the Cowboys did against Washington last time is pretty accurate for Cowboys and Cowboys fans, and it's just that that arrogance that they have of uh, that. Uh, oh, we we don't need to like worry about this game anymore. Uh, it's put away, and then all of a sudden, a terrible team like Washington comes roaring back and almost beats you. Um, this is the same Cowboys team that. Um, our cowboy superfan fan Kevin thinks is the number one uh offense in the league, even though they aren't number one in points scored in the league. And also the fact that they could barely put up they didn't even put up double digit points against the Chiefs a couple weeks back. Um they barely beat the Vikings, like they barely beat the Panthers. There's a they bar- they won beat they beat the Chargers only because of refing. Uh this team doesn't have a lot of quality wins, it has a lot of wins. But when you look at those wins, you're like, oh, so they beat the Falcons, the Giants twice. They lost to the Broncos. They barely beat the Patriots, which is a quality win. And they've also beaten the Eagles. So they basically just won their their division games, and that's about it. Um, I don't think I think this team is very overhyped. Um, it's also struggling on offense a lot. Um, I have multiple uh, Cowboys players on my dynasty team that I need right now in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they're not playing very good. Um and they're dealing with injury and Dak's also not playing good. Uh Dak's has always been hit or miss. He's very up and down quarterback. Um and right now he's very down. Um his last few weeks have been very bad. And man, I don't know. I don't know if they if if the Cowboys have it in them. I they should win on paper. They should win. Um on paper they should win by a large a large number. But I think that this is going to be another close game. I still would say Cowboys like 31, Washington 20. Um, But you never know. It's the NFL. It's a division game. It's December. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a division game. and, And look, having grown up in D.C., it doesn't matter how good or bad either of these teams are. Unless one team completely comes out with something to prove and beats the brakes off the other, these games are always unnecessarily close and it's unfathomable sometimes. Um, I, I think this is one of those times. Uh, Washington currently is, I, I believe they're currently last place in our division, if I'm not mistaken. Nope. It's Giants. It's still the Giants. Sorry. Giants. Four
0: wins. You, you didn't mention that earlier. Sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, no, that's we want those draft picks. That's what we're going for. I got a tackle.
1: <laughs> so I mean they're, they're third in the division, which doesn't really matter in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Dallas, I, I believe they've already clinched the division by virtue of the Eagles winning against Washington, because now they own all tiebreakers over everybody in the division. They're not just jockeying for a position. Um, it. I root for Dak Prescott for obvious reasons, not because he plays for Dallas. If he played in any other uniform, I would he would wholeheartedly be one of my favorite players in the league, but because he wears that stupid star in his helmet, he he's borderline revolting for me. Um, I I honestly hate when he struggles because it just gives the media a reason to tear him down from, you know, justifiably so, but they tend to go overboard. And considering he just got paid this past off season, it's always, well, he didn't, he's not playing up to the money or he's got to prove that he deserves this contract or you know, some some other nonsense that they want to throw out there to disparage him in any way, shape, or form that they don't do to some of his other counterparts where it's like, well, they just need to get him better talent. He, he, it, the, I'm not going to delve into the double standards I have with how quarterbacks are critiqued in this league. I I, I will say. This is one of those games Dallas should come out and beat the snot out of Washington, regardless of who plays quarterback. They just need to not let Washington back in like they did the last time. Um, That being said, Tony Pollard and Corey Clement, the backup running backs for Dallas do show up as questionable. Pollard with a foot injury. Demarcus Lawrence shows up as questionable. Uh, Josh Ball, their offensive tackle has been designated to return from injury reserve with his ankle injury. Uh, TJ Vasher has been designated to return. Um, from the non-injury football list with his knee injury. Uh, Blake Jarwin resumed on-field work because of his hip. Uh, He's not been designated to return from injury reserve. Uh, Tristan Hill and Osa ogden Zingwa both are still on the COVID list, so their availability is up in the air, and Tyron Smith is listed as questionable. Uh, Going to this game, for Washington, Cole Holcomb, Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, uh, Brandon Scherriff, Kaliki Hudson, Tyler Lawson, uh, Carmen Curl. (laughs) These are all names that are still on the COVID list. Uh, They didn't play last night. Um, Their availability is still up in the air. J.D. McKissick is still in concussion protocol. William Jackson has an ankle injury. He's listed as questionable. Daniel Wise uh, has a knee injury. He's also listed this question questionable. Antonio Gibson did not participate in practice uh, due to a toe injury. Curtis Samuels still nursing the hamstring. Jamin Davis and Landon Collins also uh, limited practice or non participating due to injuries as well. Both are listed as questionable. The Monday night football game, um, and this is not an exaggeration, has the Miami Dolphins who move up from 17 to 15 in our power rankings. Taking on the New Orleans Saints, who move up from 25 to 21, the Saints, being the home team, are three-point favorites. And, look, Jared, I see that everyone here has picked the Dolphins for obvious reasons. Um, I don't know what voodoo they pulled to shut out the Buccaneers, a team quarterback by Tom Brady with still all the talent they still had on the offensive side of the ball. Um, But that game was in Tampa Bay, and they shut out the Buccaneers, and I know the Dolphins are not the Buccaneers, but this game is in New Orleans. I'm not too positive the Dolphins win this game, and and I have no real reason to pick the Saints other than Voodoo and in New Orleans and maybe Sean Payton schemes the offense up to a point to where they can do something to stunt Miami that that that's all i got w- w- what about you cuz you, you you're you're picking the
0: dolphins so it's it's another one of those ugly games like it, i'm, I'm at really this point we have to watch this game frankly um i wish it was like a sunday morning game that's not in my zone but um it's there monday night um so we have to watch it and that's going to suck but <laughs> i think that i think miami wins just because miami is i believe mathematically still alive for the playoffs. Um, they are. And they have the better quarterback, which is not something I would normally say, but because the Saints are on QB three, I think. QB three, yeah. that Two is better than him. I don't think two is a very good quarterback, but I do think that Miami's offensive team right now is a lot better. They have better skill position players. Um, they also have a quarterback that's their number one quarterback, and they also have most of their wide receivers as far as I know that are still playing. And I just don't think New Orleans is gonna have the heart to do it back to back weeks. I think they I think their Super Bowl was last week, and I think you're gonna see that uh Super Bowl fall off this week. I think the Saints are gonna lose an ugly one actually. Um, just because they put everything they had into last week. Um so if you have any Miami players on your fantasy team this week for the playoffs. I'd be feeling pretty comfortable with it, even though the even though New Orleans made the Bucks look like they made them look. Yeah, I, and our Saints fan does send us uh,
1: Saints versus Dolphins. Who effing cares about this game? Did you see the Saints shut out the Bucks? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Brady throw a temper tantrum? <laughs> On a serious note, it's a big win. So <laughs> the will. They they will lose to the Dolphins for some reason. The Saints always lose the week after they win a game. They shouldn't. No matchup to look to here. The Saints are the better team, even as injured as they are. But they will lose by two. Scores. That's
0: kind of like how oh, I thought, too, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I can't even be mad at that um, right up, but – I'm sorry, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say somehow this rolls over. And look, the Dolphins struggled with the Jets last week, and I get that's a division opponent, but they were down by like 10 or 14 at one point. I was confused as to what was happening in the game because every time I looked up, they were moving the ball down the field, but they weren't scoring. And I was trying to figure out how they were losing by that much. And, you know, then I realized that one was a turnover that was taken back to the house for a touchdown, um, and then they pretty much righted the ship. So I feel like the Dolphins struggle when they shouldn't, honestly, and, and this being a road game in New Orleans, I, I feel like they struggle unnecessarily here. I, I really do. They they probably shouldn't, but I, again, I feel like Sean Payton out schemes, um, this 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 uh Flores defense in some way, shape, or form. And whether that's student body left with Taysom Hill or some type of gadget play that catches the Dolphins sitting flat-footed, the spread's only three. I, I feel like that's how much they win by. <laughs> uh, the injury report for the Dolphins does have Phyllis, Phillip Lindsey and, uh, and Justin Coleman both on the COVID list. Uh, Will Fuller suffered a setback and is unlikely to return the season from injured reserve. Uh, safety Javon Holland, tight end Adam Shaheen listed as questionable. And uh, Albert Wilson is not practicing this week uh, due to personal reasons. The New Orleans Saints, uh, Adam Troutman, Jawan Johnson, uh, both currently listed as out there on the COVID list. Karen Armstead, Caden Ellis, Ryan Ramchek, all listed as questionable. So, um, yeah, offensive line, keep an eye on that. Uh, Troutman and, and Johnson, are, they're tight ends. So, uh, yeah,
0: they they may need some pass catchers because the
1: wide receivers haven't been setting the world on fire there in New
0: Orleans. Uh, don't uh, they have a tight end at quarterback right now? They could just swap them over and – Then who
1: plays quarterback because they're still missing Trevor Simeon?
0: I I, I mean, there's got to be someone on that uh, team that can throw a ball to Taysom Hill, right? Maybe that's the (laughs) way they go. Look, uh, unless there's a scheme where, you know, a running
1: back pitches to a wide receiver who played quarterback in college and he can throw it back to Taysom Hill. I I don't see how that works because, (laughs) I mean, is is there anybody on the practice squad they could bring up? I don't know.
0: Not not a good situation to be in, for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely not. Um, Any overall insight to uh, what you're looking forward to this week uh, other than improving the Giants
0: draft position? Uh, I also want the Bears sluice to improve the Giants draft position. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As far as this week goes, uh, for for my playoff team, I'm hoping that uh, Cooks gets out of covid protocols and uh, plays. And I hope that the Cowboys offense, um, Amari Cooper and Zeke actually uh, do something this week. Cause that'd be, that'd be fun to have those players giving me points instead of not giving me points. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And then as far as like playoff picture goes, I think this week is going to eliminate quite a few teams and, and also kind of, it won't officially eliminate, but like those Atlanta teams or those like Denver teams We'll know that they're basically eliminated after this week too. So we'll have a pretty good understanding of who is going to be in the playoffs, which is always exciting. So we can kind of get prepped for. Okay, now we know who's kind of in the playoffs. Let's see who's who's playing who, and that'll be fun.
1: That that is true. I, I, I do think we see some some more uh, separation as far as who's definitely getting in and that. I will say though uh, that in the AFC, only the Jets. Texans and Jaguars are eliminated as the other 13 teams in the AFC have at least seven victories. So um, falling to seven and eight won't necessarily eliminate you from the wildcard picture, but it will make things very dicey with two games left after that if if they lose this week. In the NFC, only the Lions and Bears are currently eliminated from the playoff picture. Uh, Somehow, the Giants, Seahawks, Panthers, Falcons, and Washington—they're they're all still alive. You know, e- even the—you know—ranging anywhere between four to six wins. But uh, I- I'm guessing what losses this week. Losses will probably officially eliminate the Seahawks, the Panthers. Uh, I would like to say the Giants, but you're playing my Eagles, so who the hell knows what my squad's going to do against you all? This week? <laughs> Uh, For the six and eight teams in Washington and Atlanta, I do feel like a loss this week would definitely uh, eliminate them from the playoffs. Uh, The clinching scenarios, again, the only playoff position that's been clinched is the Green Bay Packers. They have clinched the NFC North. Uh, The Cowboys clinched the NFC East with a win versus Washington. That is the simplest approach. Uh, The Buccaneers, uh, will clinch a playoff. They'll clinch the NFC South with a win against the Panthers, thus also eliminating the Panthers from any playoff contention. Uh, they'll outright clinch a playoff berth if the Vikings lose. Uh, the Cardinals can clinch a playoff berth with a win and a whole crap ton of help. The Rams will clinch a playoff berth with a win against the Vikings or an Eagles loss plus a Saints loss. Uh, And and that's pretty much it there. So um, those are your clinching scenarios. Um, Yeah, that's all I got for this week. I I, I will say it is the holiday season. Um, There are germs floating around out there in the ether. Please take care of yourselves. Do whatever is necessary to protect yourselves from cold, flu, and COVID. Um, Till we meet again next week. For Jared, a Giants fan, I am James, your Eagles fan. We are signing off. Trying to do the challenge of finding the mysterious pod. Is there somebody else here now? Oh, jeez. Nice, dude. Let's go. (laughs) Get out of my face. I'm running out of breath and also out of energy. I'm going to see you later. Bye.